What's up? It's Jonathan Hood. Thanks for listening to the Under the Hood podcast brought to you by Miller Lite, the presenting sponsor of the 2020 ESPN 1000 Virtual Fantasy Football Championship. Find out how you can be a part of it at ESPNFFC.com. It's ESPNFFC.com. What's up and welcome in to a very special Love of the Pod, the NBA podcast. Along with Chris Black, I'm Jonathan Hood. Don't forget to follow both of us, Chris Black, at Chris Black on Twitter, and me, Jonathan Hood, at TweetJHood. We were going to do an NBA podcast to preview the NBA playoffs for 2020. The regular season, the bubble has been tremendous, but of course we have breaking news. Oh, so bulls. <laughs> the Friday news dump as the Bulls fire Jim Boylan as head coach. I'm going to call Chris in just a moment to get his thoughts about it as well. I'd like to remind you that I will be moving from evenings to mornings with David Kaplan for the show entitled Cap and J. Hood. Mornings from 7 to 10 Central Time on ESPN 1000 and the ESPN Chicago app. And Chris Bleck will be teamed with Adam Abdallah. Bleck and Abdallah every night at 6 p.m. Central Time, 6 to 8 p.m., also on ESPN 1000. Hope that you support all the shows as we have a fresh change starting on the 17th of August. Thanks so much for supporting our shows as always. And, of course, we're always going to give you our NBA podcast when we have the opportunity on a monthly basis. And so Jim Boylan is fired as Bulls head coach. Boy, I tell you what, the hue and cry over... Hey, how come the Bulls don't fire Jim Boylan? There is Arturis Karnaschovas in place, and here's Mark Eversley in place. So the next shoe drop has to be a new head coach, right? Well, you know, the Bulls took their time on that, and eventually it was going to happen. It just didn't happen when many wanted it to happen. But here, as we record this on Friday afternoon on the 14th of August, it has happened now. The Bulls will be looking for a new head coach. The reason why the Jim Boylan was fired is because Jim Boylan was never uh, a guy that should have been an NBA head coach. He failed as a college coach at Utah. If you go back to the archives of my podcast, my conversation with Gordon Monson, who a guy who followed and covered the Utah Utes basketball team for uh, the Salt Lake City Tribune, told me like Jim was just overwhelmed as a head coach. But he has been a career assistant for a long time and took over as head coach for the Bulls. And his legacy with Chicago will be that 15 of the Bulls' victories this past season came against teams like Atlanta, Cleveland, Detroit, Memphis, and Washington. Five teams that combined to go 115 and 212 before the league shut down. The wins against Memphis came before Ja Morant and the Grizzlies figured things out. And the Bulls also went 0-21 against teams in the top eight of the Eastern Conference when the league shut down and were 2-23 and against teams above 500, the fewest such victories among all teams. That's all you need to know. Of course, Jim Boylan was 
the person that was presided over a mutiny as soon as he took over as head coach when Fred Hoiberg was let go. There was always a disconnect from people that we talked to within the organization. There was always a disconnect with a lot of the players and Jim Boylan. Jim was part of the problem when Fred Hoiberg was fired. That's why it was such a mystery of even why Jim was even able to slide over 16 inches and be the head coach for this basketball team. And so now you can really say that there is new blood that's coming to the Bulls, not just in the vice president of basketball operations chair or the GM chair. Now there's going to be a head coach with a new set of eyes trying to figure out how to work with this young core. I'm going to call Chris Black and get his thoughts for the love of the pod right here. Our NBA podcast right here on ESPN. Here he is, ladies and gentlemen, from Black and Abdallah. It is Chris Black for the love of the pod, the NBA podcast. Jim Boylan has been let go. Let's get the reaction from my guy, Chris. Hello, Chris. Hey, Jonathan. What's going on? I mean, today is a um, – it's been a day in this offseason where Bulls fans were starting to get nervous that the new regime was not going to be allowed to pick their own coach, let alone make the moves that they wanted to make and today was a fantastic day for Bulls fans and an emphatic response to Bulls fans from Arturis Karnaschobis suggesting, don't be worried, don't be concerned about the Reinsdorfs. I'm running the show here. And that's what I took away from today is that AK and Mark Eversley are here to get the Bulls in the right direction. I love that he said that a change needed to be made and he made that change. He had no regard for feelings, no regard for the financial uh, ramifications of this. The last day of the regular season uh, took place last night and today. And now the playoffs will will happen on Monday. The playing games over the weekend and the Bulls will be searching for a new head coach. It's fantastic. You knew it was going to happen. It just didn't happen when Bulls fans wanted it. They wanted it when Connor Shelvitz and Eversley took over. So, all right, first thing, we're firing Boylan. Well... You could just tell that there's still that inkling, that little bit of Reinsdorf influence by firing Boylan on the Friday news dump. Because otherwise, this would have happened any other day of the week. But it's very typical vintage Reinsdorf, Michael or Jerry, to fire Boylan on Friday. So that way, it just trickles over into the weekend. It happened, but there's that little bit of Reinsdorf influence right there. Well, you know... How about this? Uh, you and I have talked throughout the pandemic and throughout the last couple of years about um, this Bulls ownership group. And we talked at length after All-Star Weekend that pressure was mounting and the Bulls fans finally won. Uh, ownership heard them loud and clear. And the reason change was going to take place was because of the pressure that was mounting. Um so, Jonathan, let me let me tell you this. Hmm. I was told this morning that because, you know, like the conversation, I think, is warranted. You said that you knew all along or that you felt all along Jim Boylan wasn't going to be retained. But there was the article that was put out there by uh, Joe Cowley, what, a couple weeks ago, maybe a week ago, saying that because of the financial situation, Boylan may return as head coach. Uh, I was told this morning by a league source that pressure from the fans and their reaction 
to the news that possibly Boylan could be back is what drove the 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 acceptance to change. So like Bulls fans should feel really good because finally they've gotten through to the Reinsdorfs to allow change to take place. It was the lack of butts in the seats at the United Center. It was their displeasure with Jim Boyland. It was the relentless uh, social media posts. Whenever the Bulls would post something positive about their team, you get a hundred responses saying fire Jim Boyland. Uh, Jonathan, I am led to believe that that played a role in AK being allowed to fire Boylan. Fans don't want to hear about your finances because the amount of money they're going to eat for Boylan was the amount of money that they spent on the new studio at NBC Sports Chicago. I mean, let's, let's just, I mean, just, just be honest. Yeah. Like, like what I'm saying is, is that Boylan's contract was a drop in a bucket. You don't sacrifice the future of your team and the new regime that you bring in for a dollar. Stop, stop doing that. And I know, understand that the Reinsdorfs are known to not want to be able to spend money um, properly. I mean, we just heard Windhorse say that well, a couple of weeks ago, that that perception is still there, even though I think it's changed over the years. But you just don't want to have that out there where Jerry's concerned about finances and then, you know, we're going to save a dollar by keeping this boob as a head coach. No, you know, let, let your new regime start off fresh with the guy that they look at as a guy that can work with this young talent instead of having this square peg in the round hole where Boylan is not respected by more than half the players on the roster from what i understand yeah no and and that's right on i I think you're right about that i I don't think the players would have been okay with boylan returning and i think that they felt as if uh they were kind of sold uh a bill of goods uh when this all started because they were led to believe that their voice would be heard and you know like and that's why i feel like today is one of those days that for all the people who listen to the Bulls Buzz shows, who listen to this podcast, who tune into your show uh, weeknights on ESPN 1000, who will turn into your tune into your show in the mornings with Cap, I, I feel like there is uh, validation because the pressure and the the ability to point out what's wrong and what needs to change was needed here. You know, you and I are are in a spot sometimes or we are painted as being too negative or not uh, celebrating our teams enough in town. When really, it's a quite opposite. It's because we care so much about our teams, we want them to win, we want change, and we want things to be different for the better. And that's why you continuing to bring up Boylan on your shows. I try to talk about it once a week, if not uh, every couple of weeks, to point out like, hey, Heads up, this is weird. Boylan's still here until something happens. Like, let's make sure we keep our eye on this. And, you know, that pressure and the need for AK to set this franchise in the right direction, I think today, finally, the fans get to rejoice. Um, And I think the Bulls are in good hands. I mean, Denver has a talented young roster that Karnaschovas was there to put, put together. Now, it took time. They missed the playoffs for five years under Karnaschovas before they finally made it. So it may take some time, some retooling of the roster, but I feel as if I will be confident in AK to be able to find the right next head coach for the Chicago Bulls. And so the short list that you have is the same one that we had last time we talked about this, right? You still look at Adoka as the one of the favorites? 
Yeah, Udoko uh, from the 76ers, Adrian Griffin. Now, uh, there is a pause there because uh, I know the reports on ESPN.com about his ex-wife alleging domestic violence. If any of that is remotely true, uh, Griff's not going to be in the league. Uh, so just keep that in the back of your head. And I wonder how that's going to affect this coaching search for the Bulls. But also, Darvin Ham from the Milwaukee Bucks is a name to watch. I- I've heard that he is someone that people love around the league. A lot of Bucks assistants have gotten head coaching jobs, and they've done very well. The other name is someone that you've mentioned many times, and I agree with you, is Kenny Atkinson. Kenny Atkinson has a fantastic reputation. And the fact that he got fired or he left parted ways with the Nets, I think says more about Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant than it does about Kenny Atkinson, the head coach. I think he would be a good fit here with the Bulls as well. That's, the, that's my number one option. Because I think that Kenny's very good with young players. Um, and it's not like he shied away or got fired because of KD and, and Irving. I just think that he is going to put himself in a better spot where he doesn't have to have a couple of strong you know, guys that are going to try to control the team while Atkinson is trying to teach and trying to uh, help that locker room. So, Chris, I, I think that that's my number one favorite. That Darvin Ham. Uh, name that I've read and that you just mentioned is just kind of interesting because I remember Darvin as a player, you know, just <laughs> just a dunker and you know just a, yeah. a nice player in the league. I just I didn't see him as a head coaching candidate, but uh, you know there he is. Jerry Stackhouse also could be part of that mix as well. It all depends on what Karnashova sees for this young group because it's got to be the right fit, right? Look look how young this roster is, and so. You got to figure out, okay, who can be able to maximize the most out of this out of this talent, and be able to put in a system that works. They want to get up and down the floor, okay. So Atkinson can do that. Another other coaches can do that as well. What Jim was doing as head coach was was slowing the pace down, was trying to you know let the shot clock leak, uh, trying to get the most out of possessions. Taking the air air out of the ball sometimes, I just don't think that that was conducive to a young team that wants to get up and down the floor. Uh, Darvin Ham, NBA champion, Darvin Ham. Yes, he was with the he was with the Pistons in two thousand four when they won the finals. Um, yeah, you know I, I agree with you, and the the style of play needs to change. Um, I also think just a general level of respect for the person who's. Uh, manipulating the timeouts and manipulating uh, out of uh, timeout situations at the end of the game, I think is needed. Clearly, Zach Levine, your best player, did not respect the coach. And that has a trickle-down effect. I I think if you're going to be someone like Jim Boylan, where you don't really have a high-level playing background, where you are like a career coach – then you've got to be able to uh, meet with the players on a different level. You know, you don't hear the friction and the conflict between like a Brad Stevens and his players, right? He's a player's coach. Mm-hmm. He doesn't have that. He's not one of these uh, players. He's not like Doc Rivers. Doc Rivers had a legitimate playing career in the NBA. Steve Kerr, legitimate playing career in the NBA. Those guys get a different level of respect off the bat because they've done it. They've won. And in some cases, won championships. So, like, if you're a guy like Jim Boylan and you're just a coach, you have to find a way to relate to today's player that's in a different way. And it can't be, um, you know, with friction. And it can't be 
my way or the highway. And, and to be honest, you see this in workplaces all the time. That type of management style maybe worked in the mid-90s. That doesn't work in 2020. It just doesn't. Look, look at just uh, a standard office setting. Uh, that type of thing doesn't work. And when you support people and you try and put in um, the resources to allow these people to flourish, you usually get a better product. And I think that's the style of coach the Bulls would have to go with um, to replace Boylan. I'm really getting. I'm getting old. I'm really getting old, Chris. When I see Wes Unsell Jr. as a candidate, <laughs> I remember the menacing, the menacing tall, yeah. old Wes Unsell with the Washington Bullets, with the Afro, standing on the sidelines for those oh, bad yeah. Bullets teams. And there is his kid as a Denver assistant. God, I can't believe that that's a candidate, too. But, you know... Uh, let's make sure that we are dotting our I's and crosses our T's because it's one thing to celebrate, you know, the the new regime doing the right thing. But I also want to make sure that the Bulls have the right medical staff in place. That's something that's very important because when you've had 42 different starting lineups the past two seasons, you've got Dunn, Carter, Marketing, Otto Porter Jr., Hutchinson missing extended time because of injuries. I'm, I'm hoping that along with the new regime and new coach coming in that you have the right medical staff, Chris, that's so important because really since the Derrick Rose era, the bulls have not gotten it right or don't have the right players that can stay healthy enough to help this team. It's a cross section between both of those things, I think. Well, and you know, going forward, um, as a Bulls fan, uh, Jeff Tanaka was fired back in May. Mm -hmm. So the, the bulls will have a new lead trainer for the team um whenever they resume play um and i don't i haven't seen um news of them hiring someone to take over that gig have you i have not yeah so you know you know like i agree with you now some of that stuff i feel as if it's a um sometimes it's a cop-out that bulls fans use because they don't want to actually look at the roster that they have you know, like we've heard that before. Like, just allow this player in town to be on the court longer, and then you realize, like, yeah, there's a reason he's not on the court longer. It's because Denzel Valentine can't play. You know, he's a G League <laughs> level player. Like, that's why. You know. Um, well, no, so no, I, he's no, he's a he's a step above G League. He's it's European. It's weird because I told well, you he's I, in that weird in between, right? Yeah, I called the I called Valentine's games in the G League with the Winnie City Bulls. I mean, he was he was phenomenal, and I'm like, well, you don't belong here, but yet you don't belong in the NBA. So you like like that four A ball player if it was a baseball term. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. So like, yeah, I can see the argument that let's just get this group healthy, but then. What happened at the start of this last season? Didn't they have everyone healthy for the first nine games last season before Otto Porter Jr. got injured? Yeah. I mean, and it's not like they were a legitimate playoff team from that standpoint. You know, like, I guess that's where I'm a, a bit bothered is at the end of last season. So if we're still counting 2019, 2020 as still continuing on, you know, through the first nine games of the season, what were they? Two and six, or uh, three and six, mm-hmm. and and then Otto Porter goes down. Okay, so you're already sub five hundred in the first ten games of the season when we had expectations for them, 
And then if we go back to the year before, so 2018, 2019, when guys finally got healthy, it's not like they were we really clicking and cooking with gas. You know, like there were people in town who would point to like three or four games in a row where like Lowry and uh, Levine and all these guys would play well and they won a couple of games. And then they played that like triple overtime game against Atlanta and the wheels fell off for the rest of the season. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's a bit of a cop out. Good teams that play uh, good basketball uh, usually win some games at some point, and we just have not seen it from this group of players, healthy or unhealthy, you know? I mean, look look at Brooklyn last night. Brooklyn last night almost kept the Trailblazers out of the playoffs, and and they're rolling out there with bit part players. I know Karis LeVert is fantastic, but some of the guys who are playing major minutes – that's not Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving out there. No, it was he was tremendous, Levert. He he yeah. was absolutely tremendous. I I I love that game. Um, so let me ask you, Zach, because I got this is the Zach Levine portion of our podcast, right? Yeah. Um, so Zach Levine or Devin Booker? Well, I would go Devin Booker. Okay, ten out of ten times. Zach Levine. 10 out of 10. Zach Levine or Trey Young? Ooh. Um, Trey Young, Zach Levine, or Kimba Walker. Same. Zach Levine or Ja Morant. Oh, Ja. Okay. No question. Okay, that's just an ex- just giving you a sample of some of the some of the guards that we watch on a daily basis here. And and so it goes back to Zach Levine, where it's great. It's great that he's on this team. But Chris, once the Bulls do get good, either Levine's not going to be here, or he's going to just be an option on the team. He cannot be the number one guy. He, he, just, he just it just does not work. I don't know if management has faith in Levine that he could be able to be the guy that can lead the Bulls to a playoff spot. And this is no shade at his what is it twenty four points a game, twenty five points a game. Uh, and nothing against the 44 and 103 record that he's uh, been a part of with this Bulls team because there's a lot of other factors around it. But I, I just, you know, even Levine said earlier this this season, it's like, I've never won anything. He hasn't won anything. And so, I mean, the most wins he's ever had in his career was 29 in his second year with Minnesota. I just don't think that is as elite of a scorer that he can be once I think once management sees Levine, they're going to be like, okay, we need to be able to bring in a free agent or two around this guy. So on a driving kick, he could be open for three or he can be able to light it up. Because on this team, with him being the best, that still doesn't help the team no matter who coaches it. Well, let me ask you this. Um, player comparisons, uh, Levine averaging 25.5 points per game. Mm-hmm. If you could trade Levine – for C.J. McCollum, who is 17th in the league at 22.2 points per game scoring, would you flip those players? If you were the Bulls, would you trade for C.J. McCollum if you could? With the same roster the Bulls have, right? Yeah, yeah. You, you'd basically, it's a, I'm, I'm just, hypothetically, would you go one for one? Yes. Um, you would? Yeah, yeah. I, I think I would too, because doesn't C.J. remind you of the type of player that, like, He's he's awesome as the number two, but he could run his own team. Yeah, that's fair to say. Um, because now you're stepping up in class where you have C.J. McCollum. You got Otto Porter as well. 
You know, Otto Porter yeah. can play the game, but he was the third, uh, third or fourth option sometimes with Washington, and now he's able to step up when healthy. So, no, I get it. I get it. Yeah, I thought the scoring um, in the league this season, Bradley Beal was second, 30.5. I think most people would say Bradley Beal is a better basketball player. Devin Booker knew the names of players who didn't make the playoffs. Mm -hmm. Trey Young, you mentioned Trey Young, 29 points per game. He's fourth in the league in scoring. I would take him over Levine. Uh, Devin Booker, ninth in the league, 26 points per game. Zach Levine, 11th. And then you get to Brandon Ingram, 14th, and uh, DeMar DeRozan, 19th, Andrew Wiggins, 19th. So, um, you know, I, I think out of that group of players, I could see people saying DeMar DeRozan's a better player. Um, I would take Levine over Andrew Wiggins, yes. that's for sure. Yes. Uh, but, but I would take Brandon Ingram over Zach Levine. That's that's the whole thing, and I know Bulls fans are like, oh, you know, you don't think that Levine's a great player? No, he's not. Well, first of all, he's not a great player. He's just a very good scorer. Um, yeah. And, and so, but it's just being fair that look at the teams that are vying for the championship. Zach Levine is just one piece. You know, Laurie Markkinen, Lowry Markin is just one piece. Okay, and so. I, as I told you last year, I like these guys individually. I just don't like them as a team together um, under Boylan. And now maybe some of that will change with a new coach that can be able to accentuate their positives. All right. Uh, my ride's here. Right. Uh, golf golf date. Um, Monday morning, 7 a.m., Cap and Jay Hood. How about that? Let's go. Take yeah. that. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, I'm looking forward to uh, Black and Abdallah as well. Uh, starting at 6 o'clock weeknights, that also is going to be great. So we want you all to support our shows for sure. And next time we talk, we guys talk about these playoffs. Oh, they've been awesome. They've been so great. I love it. The, the bubble stuff, right? The bubble games have well, been tremendous. Think of it this way, Jonathan. There's no travel, and these guys are literally playing basketball, watching basketball, preparing for basketball, I think that has improved the product on the court. I, I think this is going to be a great playoffs to watch. You heard it here first. Black's taking the Thunder over the Rockets in the 4-5 matchup oh, yeah. in the West. Let's do it. <laughs> and, and you, I, I think you and I might have to have a Pacers heat bet. Uh, oh, sandwich bet? S- sandwich? Sa- sandwich bet? Sandwich? What, what, what about a combo beef? Can we bet a combo beef? If you're part of the expression, yes, I'll be glad to <laughs> be glad to combo your beef. He's Chris Black. I'm Jonathan Hood. Don't forget to follow along on Twitter at Chris Black and at Tweet J Hood. That's our NBA podcast. We'll have more for you uh, as we go through the playoffs. We'll come together again with another edition of the For the Love of the Pod, our NBA podcast, right here on ESPN Chicago. Thanks so much. So long, everybody. Don't combo my beef. <laughs>